Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. I'm so delighted tonight to be joined by local Long Island author, Dina Santorelli. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. And a stack of books. A Look stun. at this. <laughs> I love stacks of books. Hopefully it'll be higher next time I okay, see you. Okay, you can come on again and we'll have a higher stack of books. Oh, these are pretty fat. Don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. Uh, before we get into the books, how did you get into writing? Oh, gosh. Um, I've been writing short stories since uh, I'm a little girl, like six years old. I used to write, I found recently some stories I wrote on construction paper with crayon um, and okay. pen. Thanks, Mom, and for saving <laughs> those. I love that. Um, and what's really interesting about those stories is that they're kind of scary. Um, you know, it's things like, Mommy's not home. I don't know where Daddy is. I hear someone coming up the stairs. Like very suspenseful type fiction, right, which right. is interesting because that's what I write now. So I've always had have that bug to write fiction that was suspenseful, like thriller-like. Okay, if um, I found my six-year-old with something like that, I, I, <laughs> I'd be a little freaked out. Was Mom worried? Or? I don't know if Mom saw. To be honest with you, it was a different time, you know. And nowadays, I think I know everything my kids do. But right, back right, then, back then. Oh, you know, we were like hanging from the ceiling. They had no idea. Wow. Um, but it would, you know, I ended mean, up being nowadays a career. They, they send you off to somebody if you That's like true. Like that. Thank goodness that she didn't find out. And you wouldn't be here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is when I, um, I didn't think, even at that young age in my teen years, I didn't think I was that good enough of a writer to write fiction. Um, and I ended up going to and joining my local news, my um, high school newspaper in high school. And I thought that really suited me, journalism. I thought it was sort of like these quick sentences, the who, what, where, when, why, and right, how, right, right. and just get to the point and no description. And so I ended up majoring in journalism in college. And the fiction writing, the thriller writing, became something that was just on the back burners of my life for a while. Um, and so for like 10, 15 years, I was a local journalist, and then I worked in the trades, and then I, I started writing for consumer magazines and started working on nonfiction books. But I never forgot that dream that I had to write fiction and to write thriller fiction. And over the years, I had been collecting these like story ideas that I would write at the time like on little pieces of paper and just stick, you know hide them throughout the house, <laughs> which led to eventually just writing which emails made your husband to myself. Wanna oh yeah, call somebody. Like, Please. <laughs> and then finally, I was just at a point where I thought I had I had a successful journalism career. I had three beautiful children, a happy marriage, and I thought. I think I want to write fiction. <laughs> I think Let I want to just throw exactly. <laughs> and so I ended up going back to get my graduate degree at Hofstra University. I love that. And with the sole purpose of just starting up that fiction career. Not oh, really it wasn't even about that. the degree. It was yeah, just yeah. about to be around it, about the literature. Um, and that's what happened. And so my final semester um, I, I took a long fiction class and I started writing what became Baby Grand. Oh. 
Love that. And well, the rest is history. <laughs> I love, besides the writing, that you did something for you. Yeah. I love yeah, that. It was, um, you know, after marriage and children and all of these trappings of success, you said, you know what? I have to honor me and my dream. I just never forgot. You know, it's funny. I, I remember that. announcing it to my family during a family barbecue uh, right before I went back to school. And I remember my mother-in-law sitting there and looking at me saying, what? <laughs> You're like, you know, at the time I was 37 and she said, but your life is set. You know, what are you doing? And I thought, no, 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 there's more, there's more. And what's yeah. interesting is she has become probably my biggest cheerleader oh, since that time. So yeah. Shout out to mother-in-law. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, she's, I'm so yeah. thrilled. Well, I'm thrilled that, you know, you, thrilled. Thrilled. <laughs> thrilled that you went back. So while you were there your last semester, you, you wrote this entire thing? No, I wrote, <laughs> I would say maybe the first third. Okay. And then I graduated uh, from college, and at the time I was working on nonfiction books. Okay. And I was working very closely with a literary agent for that project. And so after that project was over, I thought to myself, I knew she handled some fiction, and I thought, maybe I'll just approach her and just let her know, you know, hey, now, <laughs> did funny. you know that I, I write fiction? I know nothing fiction? about your nonfiction <laughs> books. We're not talking about what those are about. <laughs> and so I approached her, and I think she just, she liked working with me, and I think kind of she wanted to maybe humor me and thought, okay, you can send me like the first third of your novel. I'll read it. And she ended up liking it. And so that's when she signed me. And at that point, I thought, geez, I have to finish this book at you this point. You have to. You've got a contract. So, yeah. so within six months, the book was finished. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that now, was it's a trilogy. We have Baby Grand, Baby uh, Bellino. Bailino. Bailino and Baby and Carter. And Baby Carter, yeah. Now, it's a trilogy. Did you know when you started it was going to be a trilogy? Absolutely not. I thought really? it was going to be one and done. I thought I was going to, and I knew exactly how I wanted to end Baby Grand. Okay. I knew this sentence. Really? And so I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to do this and move on to these other little ideas that I have on the pieces of paper throughout my house. Right. And so I started writing the end of the book, and I thought, you know, you know, I started to see how the story could continue. And I thought, I think this is going to be maybe at least a sequel, but, right. you know, maybe a series. And so I thought, no, it'll just be one more book. And then the same thing happened at the end of Baby by Lino. I thought, oh, there's one more book in the story, and so I decided to make it a trilogy. Are we done with this? No, book I think now? we're done. I think we're done. I have told book clubs that I have been thinking about maybe a prequel. Oh, I down like the a line, prequel. Down the line, I like that. Yeah. So, but for now, I think we're done. As a person who has read it, I want to hear a little backstory. Yeah, I yeah. Like so, that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Is there something other than the Baby Grand trilogy in the works right now? Then a totally different story. Yes. Um, I when I finished Baby Grand, as I mentioned, it was going to be one and done one it was going to be a, right. a standalone novel so I had started writing a book called In the Red okay and um, I, str I struggled a bit with that book and I think it's because I was in the midst of this thinking book. about continuing the series yes and so once I finished it took me four years to write In the Red wow and this so was six months and that was that four was years. about a year and a half total okay. and year and a half for each of them okay but for some reason, In the Red was like four years. And I think it's like I said, because I was still in baby grand land as, you know, as I was trying to write right, this book. Right. So I finished writing it in 2014. And I thought, OK, I'm going to publish it. And my oldest son said to me, who was a big Harry Potter fan, said, what are you doing? You, you can't publish another book. And if you're thinking of writing a sequel or a series, you can't publish another book. And in the middle of that, 
you know, would J.K. Rowling do that? And I <laughs> thought, oh, she wouldn't. So I, <laughs> I, we must listen. Yeah, I put in the red aside, and I decided to write Baby Bailino and then Baby Carter. Wow. Yeah, so once those were done, Baby Carter was published last year. Okay. Um, I went back to In the Red, which I hadn't looked at for about five years. And I did a thorough edit, and it'll be published uh, very soon. Oh, I can't wait to read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's exciting. exciting. It's different. It's different. How exciting. Now, you mentioned when you started Baby Grands that you knew exactly how it was going to end yes. right down to the last sentence. Yes. But while you were writing it, did you know where everything was going, or did, was there anything surprising? Did the characters surprise you? Yeah, you know, it's very hazy. I mean, I knew exactly, I think of it as like a road map. You know, I'm okay. here at point A and I need to get to point B. Okay. So, but there are so many different ways to get okay. to point B. So, yeah, along the way, um, I was often surprised by the direction that the characters were taking me. I know it okay. sounds weird to people who don't write that, you know, obviously I am the author of these books, but there is some point, it is a beautiful thing where the characters sort of guide me, you know, they sort of take over. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, these are this is a mob thriller trilogy, so there's a lot of mob talk mm -hmm. um, in this series, and I think it surprised a lot of the people that know me, because I don't normally talk, you know, like right. a lot of right. expletives and things like that, a lot of profanity, and there is, you know, there is some of that in the books, and but that's just something that, I don't know, the characters just kind of speak through me and then it ends up on the page. Yeah, so, well, yeah. you know, I know actors who love to play a villain because playing a nice guy is kind of dull. Did you kind of feel that way when you were writing about something, you're not in the mob, at least, uh, yeah. maybe not? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, um, you know, you're not supposed to play favorites, but uh, the villain of the series is my favorite character in the, in the series. His name is Don Bailino. And I intentionally, it's funny, at the time when I was, I'm trying to think of when I was starting to write Baby Ground or right before that, I was a big fan of The Sopranos. Ah. And what I loved about The Sopranos is I would be watching it one week and I would think, you know, this guy's not so bad. He's just misunderstood. He's really, <laughs> at heart, he's a nice guy. Right. And then the next week, he would do something so heinous and so, I think, oh my God, what was I thinking? He's awful. So I wanted to write a character like that, a character who had that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde aspects about him. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and I think, I, I hope I was successful because when I, go to book clubs and, and we talk about the books, there's always half the book club who wants to marry Don Bailino mm. and the other half of the book club that is disgusted by the right. people who want to marry him. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, so, so that's what I was going for. I didn't necessarily base the character on Tony Soprano, but it was the idea of that black and white right. and, and creating well, a gray. I love that multidimensional. Yeah. You know, who wants to read about a character that's all bad or all good? Right, you know, about the guy with the mustache and exactly. he's tying the damsel, to, you know, onto the train tracks, you know, you know, I, I didn't want to do something like that. I wanted something with, like you said, uh, more dimension. Now, I love that you're going to book clubs, and that must give you a, a real insight into what people are thinking. Did anyone ever say anything in a book club that was surprising? Like, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that that was that connection. Or yeah, something. all the time. Really? All the time. And what I, what I love most about book clubs is I'll be there, and um, I, clearly I wrote the books and they invited me, but there'll be this dialogue going back and forth where someone will say, I think the author meant this, and someone will say, no, 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 I think she meant this. And I'm just watching and because I feel like the, the people, uh, the readers have taken the characters to heart. And they've really, um, and, and sometimes, I mean, at the end of Baby Carter, I did get, a f 
I wouldn't call it hate email, but it was, <laughs> it was you know, people were a little distressed at some of the decisions I had made as the author. Right. But, and, and what that tells me is people were passionate they about were the books. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, exactly. so there's a lot of that. Wonderful. And, um, yeah, sometimes people say at book clubs, they'll, they'll tell me something that I didn't know. Really? Or maybe something okay. I hadn't thought about as I was writing, and I think, you know, that's, that, yeah, that's right. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something offhand, and I, I can't think of anything. That's wild. Yeah. To, to think that you're the author, and they're pointing things out to you. Or maybe they'll say, one time uh, a woman said to me, oh, that would have never happened in the book. And I thought, really? And I, and I thought to myself, is she, is she right? Would that <laughs> have never, I hadn't, hadn't even thought about it. And so I'll give you the example. Um, there's, a, there's a scene where one of the characters is very drunk and goes to visit his father, who was on death row. And the person at the book club said they would have never allowed that person to visit so-and-so on death row because he was inebriated. And I thought, really? They would not? They so would stop him? Yeah. I, I didn't think so. So she turns out her brother worked at Rikers or wherever. Really? And so she ended up texting him in the middle of the book club and asking him. And so sure enough, 20 minutes later, he texts back and says, oh, sure, they'd let him in. Really? Yes, it turns out I was correct, but in the end, she got the text and thought, I don't believe it anyway. So <laughs> even though it, were true, it was true, it was she true. was like, it didn't work for me. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. That was her take on it. Wow. Now, since the books have a lot to do with things that are not in your regular life, is there a yeah. lot of research that goes into them? You know, it's funny because I've spent so much time as a journalist. Um, I do constant research all the time. So when it came time to do fiction, I... I really don't do any. Oh, not really. really. I mean, I do what I call spot research, okay. where if I'm writing, writing, and I get to a point where, for instance, I'm, I'm trying to describe what that death row visitation room looks like, right. I might do a quick Google of... To find out. Yeah, just to see what's out there, and I'm then I create my never, own. No, I've never. <laughs> I've never. Um, but, you know, I'll do like a quick Google search and see what's out there, and then I'll create one in my head. Um, but I have done some traveling. Um, for instance, last in March of 2018, I traveled to Washington, D.C., um, because um, the plot moves from New York to Washington in the third book. Okay. So I wanted to just get a feel for the place. I visited a few landmarks. Nice. Yeah, just so I was familiar with it. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I just write for my imagination. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Now, do you have, like, a favorite desk? Do you play music? computer or a pen what's what's your what's your best writing? I, I play no music no music what's interesting okay. is when I edit and when I work on nonfiction the music can play but for some reason when I'm writing fiction I need silence oh. or I need like just white noise like I, I often write at Panera Bread okay I wrote most of baby by Lino at Panera Bread actually Did you really? yeah ah. yeah like I had a, my booth and it got to the point where I would walk in and somebody be, would be sitting in my booth and I'd be like, <gasps> the nerve uh, and, and what's so funny, if I look in Panera and there's a person by themselves at a booth, that could be a great novel me. coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get them on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I don't really have um, a process. Uh, like I said, no music. Um, but I try out of to the write. house. Interesting. Every now and then, like for the first book, um, I wrote it at night. Okay. I would set my alarm for 2 o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah, my kids were young at this point, and okay. I would just slither downstairs to my computer and just... Oh, my god. And then after a couple of hours, I would just slither back upstairs and wake up with the kids and get them ready for school. That's dedication. And for some reason, for the second book, that didn't work for me. I ended up going to Panera Bread during the day right. and well, writing the it there. kids were probably in school by then. Um, yeah, they were, they were older, and right. it was a little easier. And then for Baby Carter... 
my daughter had just left for college, and so I ended up moving into her bedroom ah. <laughs> to finish that book. So I had a different space for all three books. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, In the but, Red was all over the place. Okay, <laughs> but, but no music, computer, not a pen. No, I'm always... I, I can't believe that people still people write longhand write with, with like on yellow legal pads. Yes. I mean, that amazes me. I know. I'm, I'm constantly blown away when somebody says yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've ever since, you know, when I was in college as an undergrad and I'm, I got my first typewriter, I was like, woohoo, I don't have to ever go near a legal pad ever again. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no. You're right there with it. And now, you know, do you, do you just write on word or do you have any favorite programs because everyone's going to want to know like how does she do it no i am very boring <laughs> i write on microsoft word boring stuff yeah. um on my nonfiction side i have worked in google docs because okay. a lot of people like google docs but right. i don't for some reason i'm so used to working in word that it seems like a foreign place to me i really? a lot of times i import i copy and paste and move to word and then i work and then i go back yeah well Shh, you don't know tell anybody. i'm glad you said you like comfort and yeah. I think that that's a, something yeah. that a lot of people need to find is where you're going to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and that's different for everybody. It is different. Right. And and sometimes finding that key, you know, maybe this would have never gotten written written if you stayed in Google Docs. Uh, you never know. You yeah, know, you never know. You'd be there and you'd be like, this is not working for me. I know. I'll never be I a writer. Know. All I have to do is move over to Word and I'm like, woo, this Here is great. Here I go. Here <laughs> I go. So now that you are a fiction thriller writer. Yay, finally. What's been the most surprising thing about being a fiction film? Like something um, shocking you didn't expect? I think, I think, and I don't know if it's just about being an, a fiction writer, um, how, how wonderful it is when people really get what you're trying to do. Um, you know, when you first get those comments about your stories, oh my gosh, you know, I stayed up all night reading this and, or, I, I was, that character you created was so real to me, reminded me of my mother, those kinds of things. It's just so gratifying. And I think, you know, because there is, especially for when people are writing their first book, when I was up at two o'clock in the morning, you know, there are moments, a lot of moments I'm every sure. day where you're thinking, what am I doing? Is anybody going to care? I'm taking time away from my kids, from my husband, from my sleep, my sleep. <laughs> to do this. And is it worth it? And you know, there's always that. There's always that voice. You know, my one of my professors at Hofstra used to call it this bird that sits on your shoulder that says you're never going to be good enough. You'll never do it, and you just have to sort of silence it and just, if it's something that you want, just you know, plow forward, and just believe. And that's what I did. And so, like I said, when people start coming to me and saying I love this trilogy or I love these characters, it's just a wonderful feeling. And I didn't realize, I guess, how wonderful it would be. Because you, I think, and I don't know if other authors feel this way, but, you know, I wrote these books really for me. You know, yeah. I, I wrote stories that I thought were interesting, <clears throat> and I created characters that made me laugh or made me scared, hoping that others would feel the same way. Right. And so when they did, it was like, yay. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. that was nice. I bet that was nice to, to get that affirmation, and especially if you went into it and you did it for you. I did. You know, it was this dream that I had ever since I was a little girl. And mm -hmm. in the beginning, like I said, I didn't know if I was good enough. Right. You know, um, but I worked. You know, over the, the course of my career, I became a better writer. And what's really funny is I talk about this a lot. As a journalist, I picked up a lot of skills that really lend themselves to fiction writing. Right. I, I, first of all, I traveled the, the country and the world as a journalist, and I met all kinds of people. I listened to all kinds of dialects and accents. Um, I learned how to walk into a room. And in the beginning, I was writing about, for, as a journalist, I was writing about lighting and area rugs. I was working in the trades. Right. Um, but the funny thing is, I started observing. 
you know, how is that area rug made? How, you know, why does that light look that way? You know, I started getting very um, descriptive in my writing, which is something I was lacking, I think, earlier on. Right. So being a journalist in a lot of ways taught me how to be a better fiction writer. Has anything happened since the books came out that made you think, maybe someone at a book club or something, that made you think, gosh, I wish I could change that? Or are you happy? Are you... Oh, you mean change the text in some yes. way? It's funny. It's difficult for me to reread Baby Grand because I think I would go in. I, I'd want to go in and do some editing. Right. I do. Um, but it is what it is, and no, I no, love no, the it's story. A, a fabulous yeah. book. Yeah, oh. absolutely <laughs> fabulous. But I wasn't sure if you sit there and you know people are talking. I'm like, oh, I could have done that. No, Jen, luckily, luckily, I'm happy with the way the story evolved. And what's interesting is I made some big decisions in the last one, and at the end, I sort of was making this decision on how to end it, and I went in a certain direction, and I'm very happy with it, despite some of the, you know, hate emails that I've, <laughs> I've gotten from readers. I'm, I'm happy with, I'm satisfied. You're satisfied. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes people, afterwards, when people say things, you look back and say, hmm, I don't know. Should I or shouldn't I have? But you plowed ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with all my decisions in oh, the I'm end. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. I'm really <laughs> glad. that is a worry. You need to be able to sleep at night. <laughs> I, I hope you're sleepy right now. Well, the next book, is it done enough that you can sleep at night? It's done. It's it's coming out uh, very soon. And um, right now I'm sort of at that, you know, last proofread stage. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, since that one is up to the last proofread stage, then the next question is, what's next? I already know. I'm actually, you? I am. I'm changing gears slightly and I'm doing a science fiction thriller. Really? Yeah, I had a dream recently um, that sparked the idea for this book, and um, I'm going to start writing it in the next week or so. Wow, a yeah. science fiction thriller. Now, what do you read in your spare time? Is, have you started to read science fiction and that's why you wanted to write it? or? Um, I try to be very diverse in what I read. Okay. Um, I do, back when I was working in the city, when I worked in Manhattan in the 90s, like 20 years ago, I was reading a lot of thrillers. I was reading like John Grisham and right. Michael Crichton and James Patterson. Um, and I still read them, but I think since um, in that time I've just gotten, my reading selections have become diverse where I'll read, I just finished reading uh, Big Little Lies, mm. um, and next I'm moving on to a memoir, um, and then I try to mix it up and throw in a thriller or I'll throw in something else. Right, right. Yeah, just to make me a better reader and a better writer, I think it's good for me to just read all different kinds of genre. Well, you know, Stephen King says if you want to write, you have to read. Exactly, and that's very true. And that's I so love true. that you're reading a variety of things, because many people just keep it narrow. Yeah, no, I, I like to keep it interesting, and I think that's why I started writing in the red after Baby Grand, because I thought, oh, I read that way, you know, I jump around, maybe I'll try writing that way. Right. And I think that was a mistake. Okay. Because I was still caught up in Baby Grand Land before, you know, as I was Baby writing Grand in the red. Land. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, it worked out fine. It worked out fine, and that one's in edits, and yeah. now science fiction. I know, I know, and I say to people, because mm. some of the readers that have read these, have said to me, you know, I don't really read science fiction, and my answer is always like, well, if you like my writing and you like my storytelling, I think you'll like it. Right. Yeah, because I'm the same writer. I'm You're just the moving same writer. to a different right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, do you have a favorite science fiction author that you were reading that kind of lit a fire? Made no, it's actually not a big genre that I read. It's. I mean, I don't know if like The Hunger Games is considered science fiction mm, in a way, dystopian. but or maybe it's more dystopian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just. 
I, I, I had this dream and I thought it was very exciting and I just committed to it. Wow. So yeah, so I'm sort of just jumping in kind of like, you know, holding my nose and closing my eyes. Wow. <laughs> Most of us don't even remember our dreams. When we wake up, you write books about them. I know. I have paper next to my bed and my nice stand. Oh yeah. But I also have my phone. I used to not keep my phone near my, near my bed because, you know, I don't, I'm, Right, I'm right. on it so much during the day, I don't want to be near it at night. Right. Um, but I realized that when I try to write things in the middle of the night that I dream, I can't read it the next day. <laughs> so I'm better off typing it. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I keep my phone. In the middle phone. of the night, you can type I grab little? from my phone, yeah. And then I just put it back. You and dictate to you. <laughs> that's true. You yeah, I didn't want to wake up my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be saying to the phone. And then he grabbed her throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be like, I'll be like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, so. Now, is there a genre that you think you would never write in? You know, I've gotten to that age where I, I mean, never say, say never, never say never. Never, never say, say never. never. You know, um, you might be writing, you know, romance at one point. I was going to say romance was a genre that never really attracted me, but there is quite a bit of romance in the red. And I did get an idea for a romance story Ooh, that I will tackle now down I'm the line. Diner in yeah, the red. so we'll see. You know, I, I, I tend to read romance when I'm on vacation just because that's my yeah, vacation genre. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little... Something light. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, thrillers or, you know, I'm working, romance is like I'm on the plane. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we'll see. I don't know if it suits me, but you never know. Okay. I might be really good at it. Who knows? Uh, yep. <laughs> well, I think you'd be really good at it. I honestly think you'd be really good at it. Children's books for scary children's books? Is that a thing? You know, I mean, I've, I've written a children's book. I just never you? did anything with it. Yeah. Is it's, it scary? It's lurking. No, no, not at all. It's very sweet. <laughs> and, you under know, the bed. No, no, no. I mean, you know, rainbows, unicorns. It's very, very sweet. Oh God, now I want yeah. to see that. Yeah, I, I just, it's in my computer. I haven't done anything with it. Maybe one day. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought you'd be like, never, never, never. No, you never know. You know, wow. like I said, I never say never. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Now, how about some advice for future writers? Because I know there's so many people who have a book inside them and they're waking up from a dream and they're writing on yeah. a pad and what, what do they do to start? I always say to new writers, just, you have to just, first of all, believe in yourself because there's going to be so many people, including yourself, they're going to tell you that you can't do it. Um, and so... Get a good mother-in-law. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so believe in yourself, but also be open to criticism. Mm, um, that's hard. Yeah, you know, let and people And those two things are works. a little bit... <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's so important. You know, you have to believe in yourself enough to write the work, but you have to listen to what other people think to make it better. Um, I think because Baby Grand went through the traditional publishing process in the early stages right. with an editor and input from, um, oh, I'm sorry, with an agent and input from editors of publishing companies, it became a better book. Yes. Um, and so And you were open to listening to their input. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that you have to make every change that is suggested to you. Right. But think it through. I think of it as like parenting. You know, when I had my kids, people were throwing all kinds of advice at me, oh, and I decided they. what, <laughs> no. and I decided what made sense to me and what didn't, and it's right. the same thing with writing. Yeah. So believe in yourself and just be open to criticism, but don't be, um, you know, a slave to it. And wake up at two o'clock in the morning and if that's yeah, if yourself that's your process, and that's what you got to do. Well, I I love that you you know you have to have a process. You have to have yeah. you have to commit to it. <clears throat> yeah. And that was something that you definitely did as you committed to wanting to do this. Oh, sure. But right. I was also open to the idea that that process could change. You know, it wasn't right. writing at two in the morning for book two. It wasn't writing at Panera for book three. It was different. Right. So you kind of go with the flow, but, but you always found pushing. something that worked. Yeah. 
and you just said, I'm doing this. And most importantly, in all of those scenarios, you prioritized it. You, you know, have you to. have a house full of kids. You have to. And a career and a husband, and you made it a priority. Yeah, if you don't, it won't get done. It just won't. And I think I, I, I find a lot of people don't make it a priority, and that's why they always say to me, how did you do this? And I, and I, I, did, I did just that. I, mm. When I do my to-do list for the day, it's, you know, write baby grand, go to the supermarket, right. do my freelance work. It's, it's on my to-do list. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like you said, when you started by committing to going back to school and such, and not everyone has to go back to school. Not but, at all. But not at you all. said, you know, years, a few years from now, I'm going to have a pile of books. And someone else, a few years from now, is just a few years older. We're all getting older. Exactly. Just That's, embrace I completely it. agree with you. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining oh us. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Thank you. Please read the Baby Grand Trilogy and the new books that are coming out. They're wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us for Once in Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing.